Hello, welcome back to another episode. I hope you all are doing so well. I am doing well, for the most part. Um, School has been passing by fast, and we're wrapping up some of our last units in a lot of my classes, actually, which is really weird. Um, I am excited for summer, so excited, Um, and all of the things I'm planning to do and very exciting things are happening right now, so I'm content. I also just restarted my TikTok account um, at not another number official on TikTok. If you want to drop a follow, that'd be great because I have four followers and I uploaded a new video and am planning to release a lot more. So life is good. Um, I will say though, it is the end of March and it was 34 degrees Fahrenheit or about one degree Celsius outside today. That is blasphemous. Two weeks ago, it was getting so warm, and now all hope is lost. I checked the farmer's almanac. Don't make fun of me. My mom has been gardening for my entire life. And saw that in my area, the weather is only going to be consistently warm in May slash late April. Um... Hmm? That kind of ruined my mood a little bit, but the flowers are out, and the bees are out, and the world has color, and overall things are good. Um, okay, that was my update. But today's episode is something I've been thinking a lot about recently because of the whole Chris Rock and Will Smith situation, and I'm not going to talk about it too much because it's not my place, but seeing non-black and non-disabled people making such easy remarks about what happened reminded me a lot uh, about the role of overbearing white voices in my life. Of course, my life is not even close to what happened at the Oscars, but it got me thinking. Um, So I really want to talk about mental health and overall like cultural awareness as a desi in a predominantly white and wealthy community. Um, First of all, I want to acknowledge the immense amount of privilege that I have. Um, I come from a family with generational wealth. I have family to visit in America. I live in a white, wealthy, and well-funded neighborhood that does not have that much policing. And my school is very well-funded. But I've experienced a lot here as a result of not living in a predominantly Asian community. Um, my experience is different compared to many, but I think it's, I think it's important to share. Um... I have dealt with constant race-based microaggressions and low-key, like, bullying in elementary school that shoved the idea that my Indian identity was not enough and deserved to be ridiculed and shamed down my throat. Um, If you all don't know, my name is Nikki, and my full first name is Nikita, meaning victorious and It symbolizes the earth in Sanskrit, and I cannot count how many times my name has been compared to Nicki Minaj or Nikita Khrushchev. Don't really understand the connection, but um, it's, it's so frustrating because my name does mean a lot to me. My mom fantasized about naming me Nikita, and I don't want her to hear a bunch of ignorant, white, and non desi people throwing my name around for laughs. Also... Nikita symbolizes a lot for me because I go by Nikki. I don't go by Nikita, so I guess it has symbolized my progression of 
accepting my culture and my heritage um because sometimes i go by nikita now and i would have never done that in like middle school um but i went to a christian private school for preschool and kindergarten and i knew nothing about the bible or jesus or anything related to western christianity and i think that that was the first time i felt my cultural awareness shifting because i was directly exposed to westernization and that carried on into elementary school which was absolutely hell by the way because i constantly faced minor and major microaggressions from teachers and peers and that was the first time i censored a part of my culture and my blood to appeal to white people i chose to assimilate and save being indian for home um school was for white nikki and home was for who i actually am but like i said i assimilated i listened to panic at the disco and green day and all the old american bands i rarely brought like smelly indian food to lunch because i knew someone would comment on it i hid every part of myself that my ancestors fought for me to have um just to appeal to some random rich white kids who have zero idea about the complexity of being brown in this country also i know i said that panic at the disco and green day are old and i hope that no millennials are listening to this because i swear they're not old i swear um but i tried so hard to suppress my feelings of inadequacy by pretending to be white I remember this one time I heard some random white guy say that Indian people are ugly and I blamed that on myself. Like <laughs> I still think back to that now and I'm like mm, I I I'd take desi people over anyone any day. Um now I'm not saying that I was whitewashed then but I was very close. <laughs> Um, but it got a lot easier in high school because I think that Daisy kids were making noise and generally BIPOC kids were making noise and people were listening and mostly internalizing the things that we shared. I joined my school's minority student council and I was able to meet such inspiring and amazing people who had experienced the same feelings of censorship and inadequacy at my predominantly white school and it was so refreshing like insanely refreshing um of course racism is systemic and etched into so many cultural cornerstones in America and so many regular interactions but for the first time i felt like i had a community trekking through with me um i remember i had a conversation with someone about celebrating christmas but not like really celebrating christmas <laughs> and we were talking about how so many western christian expectations are engraved in the minds of so many kids who grew up here and i love that people are becoming more aware of this but it was a really interesting conversation and i can't share everything right now because it was so long but it's nice to know that there's millions of other bipoc students who have had similar experiences and christmas is just a small part of that <laughs> <laughs> I can only hope that we'll have well-funded, effective mental health resources for BIPOC youth that don't cost millions of dollars and don't immediately direct us to 
the abusive and corrupt psychiatric system, aka a lot more than institutionalization. Um, there's one person of color that works in the mental health department at my school. Um, at least one that I know of, which is upsetting in its own way, um, which is unfortunately a lot more than a lot of people get, and it is so disappointing. Um, having white counselors, uh, no matter how kind or educated, give me mental health advice is always so unsatisfying and ineffective because they don't and will never understand mental illness and BIPOC youth. And this is actually my biggest motivation for going into psychiatry or the mental health field in general. There is not enough of us and we should be prioritizing implementing hiring strategies for bi more BIPOC counselors and more queer counselors. I don't know why that's not a priority. Actually, I do, but I, I, I just wish it was and... I want to make it happen, but I just wanted to say, um, to end this off a bit, I wanted to say that all of this talk about whitewashed daisies and coconuts versus fobs, um, fobs means, or fob means fresh off the boat, and it's used when referring to someone who embodies, like, their motherland and speech behavior way more than American mannerisms, I guess. Like, the most typical example I can think of, of like an Indian fob, is someone who's nerdy, has an Indian accent, blah, 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 blah. Basically, every American stereotype of what an Indian person is. Um, but continuing, all of this talk just frustrates me because this is exactly what they want. This is how deep colonization is rooted in us and our interactions with each other. We throw rocks at each other for creating these defense mechanisms that protect us from the dangers of not assimilating into the culture of our colonizers, or, I mean, lack of culture, but um, when it's really the colonizers we should be throwing rocks at. Um, of course, this is figurative, please don't throw rocks at people, but this is so much more than us. And the least we can do is show each other some grace and use our privileges to learn more about our cultures with every opportunity that we get. And I mean every single opportunity. If you're listening to this and you're Desi or honestly any BIPOC person, BIPOC teen, I am so unbelievably proud of you because we go through hell and living in America as a minority is difficult. And that is an understatement. Um, your worth is not determined by how exotic or interesting white people find you. You deserve to take up space, your voice deserves to be listened to, and your demands deserve action. It is not your job to educate your oppressors on your oppression. The internet exists for a reason, and I'm sorry if anyone has ever made you feel as though you owe them something for existing. Um, this is for the general audience, but I hope you take this episode as a call to action to educate yourself on the disproportional, disproportional effect of mental illness on BIPOC youth, and um, just to get you started, I would love to drop some of my favorite mental health organizations for BIPOC youth that you can help out with, I'm pretty sure. All of these have websites, I think, yeah. 
Um, the first one is the Asian Mental Health Project, the QTPOC Mental Health, Northwest Portland Area Indian Health Board, the Loveland Foundation, National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network, the Native American Indian and Alaska Native MHTTC, Brown Girl Therapy, the NAP Ministry, South and South Asian Mental Health Initiate and Network. I encourage you all to visit these websites, like I said, if you need some extra help, never be afraid to ask. These people are more than happy and willing to help you because you deserve it. Um, again, I am so, so proud of you, and I hope that you can find power in your culture and your skin because that is something that no one can take away from us, um, and we need to fight this together. So be kind to other people and be compassionate and think about all the hell that you have to go through. And then, you know, empathy. Empathy is great. Um, But yeah, I hope you all enjoy this episode and I will see you soon.